holy words, long preserved for our walk in this world. They resound with God's own heart. Oh, let the ancient words impart words of life, words of hope. Give us strength, help us cope in this world where'er we roam. Ancient words will guide us home. Ancient words ever true, changing me and changing you. We have come with open hearts. Oh, let the ancient words impart holy words of our faith handed down to this age came to us through sacrifice oh heed the faithful words of Christ ancient words oh excuse me long preserved for our walk in this world they hang sound with God's own heart. Oh, let the ancient words impart. Ancient words ever true, changing me and changing you. We have come with open hearts. Ancient words impart, ancient words ever true, changing me and changing you. We have come with open hearts, oh let the ancient words impart. We have come with open hearts. Oh, let the ancient words impart. Before we go to God in prayer, let's sing this next song together. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I can feel His mighty power and His grace. I can hear the brush of angels' wings. I see glory on each face. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. 
I can feel His mighty power and His grace. I can hear the brush of angels' wings. I see glory on each face. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Let's pray. Our Father God, we are so thankful and blessed and in awe of your presence, your love. But most of all, Father, we thank you for Jesus. Through sending him to this earth, die on this cross and taking all of our sins to the cross past, present, and future Father through this sacrificial lamb and the blood shed and through your grace we have that pathway to heaven as we walk that pathway Father we ask for guidance, wisdom, direction, and a better understanding of the Godhead through the form of the Holy Spirit. As Christ gave us this Holy Spirit as a comforter until he returns, help us to realize that the Holy Spirit can convict us and direct us Help us not to quench it through our actions of continual sin, disregard, lack of interest, unbelief, or confusion of what the Holy Spirit can be. Open our hearts. Bless us. Direct us. Father, we pray for this congregation as it moves forward especially of such a wonderful mission program that they have in the EU that will be on us this week. Bless those who are involved in it. We're so thankful. This congregation is so special with its talent and gifts of different people. May we recognize those, and especially the women that are involved in this. Bless them, Father because they are the backbone of this congregation. Guide us, Father, in this worship. Be with Ben as he talks tonight. Bless him. Be with him as he prepares through life to serve you, that he can be an example to the youth and to us who are older. Be with our youth tonight as they travel. Bring them back safely. Father, we just ask for direction and forgiveness. 
and a blessing on those that are sick. Be within each one in their individual needs and their families. Everyone you know by name, by problems. Bless every family in this congregation. Bless this year that it will be a productive, directed, positive year. Guide us, keep us, and through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit who delivers us to your throne. In Jesus' name, amen. Before our lesson, let's stand together and sing. You are beautiful beyond description, too marvelous for words, too wonderful for comprehension, like nothing ever seen or heard. Who can grasp your infinite wisdom? Who can fathom the depths of your love? You are beautiful beyond description. Majesty enthroned above. And I stand, I stand in all of you. I stand, I stand in all of you, holy God, to whom all praise is due. I stand in all of you. You are beautiful beyond description. To marvelous for words, to wonderful for comprehension, like nothing ever seen or heard. Who can grasp your infinite wisdom? Who can fathom? the depths of your love. You are beautiful beyond description, majesty enthroned above. And I stand, I stand in awe of you. I stand, I stand in all of you, holy God, to whom all praise is due, I stand in all of you. Good evening. If you would, go ahead and uh, take out your Bibles and be opening to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. That's where we'll be staying most of tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Tonight, I want you to go on a journey with me. 
on a trip, on a transformation, on a passage, however you want to look at it, whatever you want to call it. But tonight, we're going to change from something that's over here that is unholy and transform into something that is holy. We're going to transform into some, from something that is unworthy into some, someone who is worthy and transform from someone who is unrighteous into someone who is His righteousness. The, this transformation that we're going to go on tonight is so unreal, is so amazing, I don't know how to explain it. And as I was thinking of how to explain it, one of my favorite childhood books came into my head. So I want us to read that tonight. If you might have read it to your child or maybe you're like me and you've had it read to you before you went to bed, it's The Very Hungry Caterpillar. And as, as I'm reading this, you're, you're going to start seeing the stages from something that is ugly, that is selfish, that is self-centered, change and transform into someone, into something that is beautiful, that is helpful, and that is creative, and that helps the environment. So, the very hungry caterpillar starts out with an egg on a leaf. This egg hatches and becomes a little bitty caterpillar. Right now we're over here in the first stage. We're over here where something is being selfish. Something's caring about itself. And, and doesn't care because notice how the caterpillar acts. Whenever you're over here by yourself, it says, On Monday, he ate through one apple. On Tuesday, he ate through two pears. On Wednesday, he ate through three plums. On Thursday, he ate through four strawberries. And on Friday, he ate through five oranges. And then on Friday, he got carried away, cheated on his diet, and had an American junk food party and got sick. Notice it got, he says, once he ate through all this garbage, all this stuff that was not good for him, he had a stomachache. He got sick. So then he had, to, he had to rethink about what he's doing. He had to change. So he had to go back from where he started. He started on the leaf. He had to come back to the leaf where he started. And once he started eating of stuff that is going to give him nutrition, that is going to help him grow, he did just that. He grew. He grew. He got bigger. And because of that, he was able to build a cocoon. In this cocoon, he stayed for more than two weeks where he changed. He changed physically. He changed, I guess you could almost say emotionally, because he went from someone who is caring about himself into something that is beautiful and something that cares about the environment. So tonight, I want you to go on this journey with me as we transform from a selfish, ugly, nasty thing in the world into God's righteousness. So if you have your Bibles open to 2 Corinthians 5, be reading starting in verse 16. It reads, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Yet now we know Him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to Himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, 
not in putting their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For He made Him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. The first thing that we need to know in transforming from something that is selfish into something that is unselfish is to realize that by ourselves we can do nothing. That without God's reconciliation of the world through Jesus, through Christ, we can do nothing. In John 15 verse 5, Jesus Himself says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in Me and I in Him bears much fruit. For without Me, you can do nothing. Hold up. I'm pretty sure I can go to La Potosina and eat after church. I'm pretty sure I can drive home after church and I don't need Jesus. I'm pretty sure I can go play basketball with my friends and don't need Jesus. You're right. Where is that going to get you? It might get you a few more pounds. It might get you home. Without Jesus, you can, He's saying you can do nothing with an eternal significance. You can do nothing outside of this world. But in Philippians 4.13, Paul tells us that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we have Christ. We, he has given us this ability to transform. So we need to know that we can't do it without Christ. But we have Christ and we can do that. We can transform. And after we realize that, we have to start isolating ourselves from the world. We have to start stepping away from our selfishness. We have to get rid of our addictions and say, I don't need those anymore. We have to start allowing Psalms 119-105 become true. We must allow His Word to be a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. We have to allow His will be a guide for me. We have to allow 1 Peter 2, verse 2, where it says, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the Word, that you may grow thereby. Because once we grow, we get bigger, we can start to change. Once we change from this selfishness and we isolate ourselves... Now, wait. What does it mean to isolate myself? No, I'm not telling you to move off into an island where nobody lives and take your Bible and never come back and become a caveman. I'm telling you that whatever it takes, if it takes you 30 minutes a day, an hour a day to close your door in your room and take out your Bible, take a pen and study it. Not to just read it, but to study it, to allow His words to change you, to change the way that you act, to change your needs and your desires so that you can change from something that is unholy into something that is holy. Because it starts with isolating ourselves so that we can grow. Once we grow, this is, this is where I'm trying to get us to tonight. So if you haven't been paying attention and you're asleep, this is the time to wake up. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it reads that if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. That who he was in the world, his selfishness is now gone. And behold, all things have become new. What do I want us to look at 
is this transformation and what it looks like. Because it all takes place at the foot of the cross. When we come to the cross and we slow down and nothing looks important when we're standing next to the cross. No one looks good when we're standing to the cross and something beautiful takes place. Next week we'll have an opportunity to see this beautiful change happen. Evangelism University. A chance for 1,300 high school students. Get that in your head. 1,300 high school students to come into Savannah, Tennessee. To come to a place where they can slow down at the foot of the cross. Where they can think about their lives. To put aside their selfishness and what they were and what they were doing and focus on becoming His righteousness. Just for you. as It's going to be crazy for us because we'll be running from the kitchen to the gym and from the gym to the hospitality room, running here, running there. But I beg you to come in to worship with us and to slow down at the foot of the cross and to allow yourself to change. What does this change look like? It looks like a, it's a change in your heart. It's a change in your soul and your mind and your, in your perspective, possibly even your occupation as in the example that we're about to look at in Luke 7. So if you would, turn over in your Bibles to Luke 7. We're starting in verse 36. Luke 7. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman was in the city who was a sinner. Notice, was a sinner. When she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster vase of fragrant oil and stood at His feet behind Him weeping. And she began to wash His feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair of her head. And she kissed His feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisee who had invited Him saw this, He spoke to Himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of a woman this is that is touching Him. For she is a sinner." For she is someone over here in the world who, who is unworthy, who is unrighteous, so much that she shouldn't even be touching Jesus. Let's pick up back in verse 40. And now Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, Teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, You have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman. Looking at her, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house, and you gave me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with her hair, with her tears, and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little." Then he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. And he goes on down in verse 50 to say, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Many times in the other Gospels, 
This same passage is looked at because whenever the disciples say to Jesus, now wait, she shouldn't be pouring that oil on you because that should be sold and help the poor. The way we're about to look at it has rarely been looked at. And I think this is why whenever it was in the other passages, Jesus doesn't make a big deal of this woman pouring this oil on her. Because if you notice Simon and everyone who is around at this table, because in this custom, if you were invited over to eat, the invited guests would sit at the table and then the doors would be left open for any uninvited guests to sit around the edge. So everyone was basically invited. And whenever this woman comes in, whenever she's supposed to be sitting on the edge, she comes up to Jesus says that she's crying. She's been convicted by something she, He has said earlier in the day. And everyone starts looking and saying, why are you letting her touch you? Everyone knows her sins. More than likely, this woman was a prostitute. So this oil that she is pouring upon Jesus is more than some oil that could have been sold to help the poor. This perfume is her lifestyle. This perfume... Is something she would have put on herself to make herself smell nice before she would have laid with a man. This is who she was. This is her selfishness that she is pouring upon God. She used to think about herself, but she was convicted by what Christ had said by allowing His words and His will to change her. She grew and she literally came to the foot of Jesus. She literally came to the foot of the cross and said, here's who I am. Here's who I was. Here's my garbage. Here's my baggage. Take it and nail it to the cross. Because who I was is not who I'm going to be. Because you are who I want to be. I want to be who you have called me to be. And this woman has gone from someone that is selfish to someone that is not selfish. From someone who is unworthy and someone who is now worthy. And she shows her love and affection by coming to Christ and laying herself, pouring herself down upon His feet. Just for us, when we come to the cross, we have to lay down who we were. It, he doesn't care where you were in your selfishness. He just wants you to change at His cross. Because He says, Come to Me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Throw your burdens upon Me and change. Take who you were. Take your selfishness and become unselfish and change at My cross. Transform at the foot of the cross. So that what it says in verse 21 at the end, we can become His righteousness. I want to take a quick sidestep real quick because this fits in with what we're talking about. Moving on without your past. Because this is something I personally struggle with and I'm, and I'm sure many others struggle with it too. Is forgiving yourself. That, yeah, God can forgive me, but... Can I really forgive myself? They still know what I did. If you notice how Simon, there in this passage, he kept pointing out who the woman was. But Jesus saw her for who she is. And that's how we need to see ourselves. We need to see ourselves for who Jesus sees us as. There, again, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Once you are in Christ, once you have transformed into Me, you're new. Who you were is gone. And now, you're anew. 
Everything's been made new. And then later on in verse 19, he goes on to say that God will not input our trespasses to us once you've been transformed. Once you've been made new, God's not going to say, you're addicted to pornography, you can't be my righteousness. You cheated on your spouse. You can't be my righteousness. You're a liar. You can't be my righteousness. No, that's not what God says. He says the complete opposite. He says, once you've given yourself up, you've taken me, you've thrown who you were upon me, and you've changed. You've let it go. I will never bring those things up again. So that's when we can start allowing what Paul said in Philippians 3, verse 13, be true. Brethren, I do not count myself to apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. We have to forget about what others care, what others think, and press on. Because once we forgive ourselves, it's going to help the next thing and our transformation so much easier. Because we cannot fully meet who we need to be in Christ until we also forgive ourselves. And the next thing in our transformation is just being the righteousness of God. We've come to this point where now instead of looking like the very selfish, ugly caterpillar, we get to look at this beautiful butterfly. We're completely different. We look nothing like we were. And now it's time to allow God to use us to help others get to here. Down in verse 18, and there in 2 Corinthians, it tells us that we have now been given a ministry. That we have been given this ministry of reconciliation. And he goes on down in verse 20 to explain how we're going to use it. There in verse 20, he says that you are now ambassadors for Christ and that God is pleading through you. What is He pleading through you? The first couple of times I read this, I read through it quick and I was like, this makes no sense right here. But then I, then I took a moment to slow down and read it. It's telling you what God is pleading through you. God is pleading through you once you become His righteousness. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That's what, once you are His righteousness, you are saying to those that are unrighteous. We're saying, come on this journey with Me. Come be His righteousness. Quit being unholy and become holy. Quit being unworthy and become worthy. Because it's all worth it. It's all worth giving yourself up and transforming at the foot of the cross to become His righteousness. Because when we are His righteousness... We have a home in heaven. We have a place where we can spend eternity with all of other, with everyone else who is God's righteousness. And it's so important that we beg others to come along on this journey with us. So I don't know where you are tonight. I don't. I don't know if you're if you're in the world and you're stuck being selfish. If if you're if you can't let go of your addictions, if you can't let go of your desires. I'm telling you, God is, is asking for you to isolate yourself. To come and just give a little bit of you and God time. To let your desires be His will for you. 
to allow His Word to allow it to let you grow so that you can come and you can be like the woman in Luke 7 and to change at the foot of the cross. And if you're changing, He's asking you to continue changing, to continue to let your soul and your mind and your, and your love and everything that you have begin to look like Himself, to begin to be His righteousness. I don't know where you are, where you stand in your journey, but I'm telling you, if you're not His righteousness yet, I'm begging you, I'm pleading with you, become His righteousness. Because there's no better feeling in the world than being His righteousness. So wherever you are, whatever your need is, I ask you to come now as we stand and as we sing. And a new right spirit within me created me a clean heart. Oh God, and a new right spirit within me and cast me not away from your presence, oh Lord. And take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And renew thy Spirit within me. Create in me a clean heart. Spirit within me, create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew right spirit within me, cast me not away from your presence, oh Lord. And take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And renew right spirit within me. that great message. Um, it's a blessing to be a part of a congregation that has created so many students of God's Word and leaders in our community and our church. Uh, some of you may have missed the opportunity to take the Lord's Supper this morning. It's available in a classroom to your left. Uh, let's sing this last song together, and if you need to take the Lord's Supper, you can exit at this time. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul, O my God, I trust in thee.
shame, let not my enemies triumph over me. Yea, let none that wait on me be ashamed. Yea, let none that wait on me be ashamed. Oh, my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Remember not the sins of my youth. Remember not the sins of my youth. Oh, my God. Now my enemies triumph over me. Let us pray. Father, our Lord and our God, Father, we humbly come before you tonight, giving you thanks for your Son, Jesus, our Savior. We ask, Father, that we truly will look into our hearts and transform ourselves and become your creation, a new creation, Father. We ask as we go out this week that we may take this word and apply it to our lives. Let our light shine, Father, that others may know we're your disciples. Forgive us when we fail you, for it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.